Hello and welcome to the new episode of Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. I'm Maria Skobe-Pile, your host. This is episode 48, and today I talk to Kelly Capori, Chief Customer Officer at Gainsight. Kelly is sharing her career journey. What led her to join Gainsight and progress from an enterprise customer success manager to Chief Customer Officer in just over four years and the lessons learned along the way? We also talk about the challenges of balancing parenting with a high-profile career as a woman in leadership. And of course, Kelly is also sharing some hottest trends in the customer success industry. This was such an enjoyable conversation. If you could see Kelly, you would have noticed a big smile on her face the whole time. I'm sure you will notice her passion and energy in her voice. And I do hope you will enjoy this episode. So let's get into it. Kelly, it's such a pleasure to welcome you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to be here. Kelly, you are the role model for so many women and men across the world. Serving as a chief customer officer at a company that was basically creating the whole category of customer success is just mind-blowing. I'm really excited. We can talk about your career journey, lessons learned along the way, and also some of your passions in customer success. So let's start with your career background. What's your story and how did you land in customer success? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to kind of share my story, if you will. It's been a fun journey. And honestly, I wake up every day so excited for the role I'm in here at Gainsight as Chief Customer Officer. So I'll give you sort of a peek into where I've been and how I got where I'm at today. So been in customer-facing roles, if you will, for 16-plus years. My career was born out of more of a traditional sales flavor. Got my degree in business, knew I wanted to do something. Obviously, like customer success wasn't really branded as such when I was back in school. I always knew I loved working with people and building relationships. So I gravitated towards sales in the early days, got my feet wet, if you will, really understanding true sales methodology, not only from a hunting perspective, but then I quickly learned it wasn't the transaction of bringing in a new deal or a new customer. Where I really started to get my energy from was seeing them being set up for success and really helping them along their journey, not just getting them to day one, but really what that looked like from that point on out. So in my early days, my career evolved a little bit from like true sales into more of an account management flavor, which we all know is sort of where customer success was born out of. We just didn't call it that back in the day. And the charter and the metrics and the vision were a bit different. Spent many years, not only in account management, partner channel management, and then had the good opportunity to go through a leadership development program at two prior companies, spent several years leading teams, actually at ADP prior to Gainsight. At that time, again, it was more of an account management flair, but quite frankly, a lot of the mission in the charter and the KPIs around retention, upsell, expansion, all the things that we look at in customer success still held true. We just hadn't really rebranded at that point in time to customer success management. So fast forward, I've now been at Gainsight a little over about four and a half years. 
what really brought me here was really that realization. A, I was sort of following Gainsight in the background as this whole category and motion of customer success as a true thing really started to crystallize and expand. It was really nascent many, many years ago. I started to follow a lot of what Gainsight was doing. The more that you're in your career, the better sense you have for what you enjoy, where you excel, what you're good at. And I just knew like, this is what I wanted to go do. I wanted to be at the forefront of the company, really leading the torch and being the bear of defining what the category of customer success and what that practice looked like. So I was very, very blessed. I was able to come on board with Gainsight about four and a half years ago. Ironically, I actually started like first six months of my career here. My kids were little at the time. And I'm like, I want to learn the company from the ground up. So I managed a few of our largest enterprise accounts for about four to six months, really understood the day-to-day in terms of being a CSM, what the business needed to really mature and evolutionize what we were doing. We hit a rapid clip of growth at Gainsight where we really started to build out our customer success organization. So there I was naturally gravitated right back towards people management, which really is what I enjoy, not only helping our customers, but helping teammates in their own journeys as well. So I spent a few years building out a few of our enterprise CSM teams here at Gainsight and defining our own charters and methodology and how we actually do CS and how we share that back out to the market, right? Then I had the opportunity to lead all of customer success inclusive of our our CS operations team. And more recently, just a few months old, I think at this point, I just stepped into the shoes of chief customer officer here at Gainsight with an expanded remit to really lead all of our post-sales teams organizationally at Gainsight. But to me, the responsibility is much bigger than that. I think really the value that I can bring in this role is being that voice of reason and helping all of the teams and the executive leadership team here at Gainsight to really drive that customer-centric mindset and make sure that's at the core of everything that we do as a business. So that was a bit long-winded, but hopefully that gave everyone a sense of where I've been and how I got to Gainsight today. Thanks for sharing that. I believe there are lots of people out there who have been following Gainsight for years and been seeing the developments in the industry and the company itself. I think everyone would agree that Gainsight is always doing something amazing, something fun, something that attracts others to follow the journey and just want to be part of it. I certainly remember some of my first Gainsight experiences with their blogs and with conferences. It was always something really, really great. But you know, for me, it's just so fascinating to see your career progression at Gainsight. So in just over four years, you actually moved from an enterprise CSM to chief customer officer. I mean, what a journey. I'm sure there have been so many other enterprise CSMs at the same time working in Gainsight as you, but of course, they haven't progressed to the same position, you really managed to propel your career. What have been some of the greatest career lessons in this journey? How did you achieve so much in such a short time? It's been a fast and furious journey. Quite honestly, I feel very blessed um, and fortunate every day for where I am. I would tie it back or point to a few different things. I get this question often when I join some of our new teammate roundtables and they're like, tell me, how did you do this? And I think that there's a few things I'd point to. First and foremost, I think even walking into Gainsight day one, I was very fortunate to have worked for some organizations that just did a tremendous job, not only with leadership training, but just 
process-oriented mindset. So being able to carry some of those, not only soft skills, but just understanding of how to identify a problem, like what's the problem statement, always coming with a solutions-oriented mindset. That was something that was in my DNA from prior roles. And I think it really boded well in my early days at Gainsight. But more specifically, there were a few things that I point to. The key learnings, or if I, as I self-reflect on what do I think the key differentiators were for me? Number one, establishing really strong, powerful, cross-functional relationships from day one. I think sometimes we underestimate the power of not just relationships within your direct functional org. So at that time, CSM, but I was able to quickly establish some long lasting relationships with really influential sales counterparts and product counterparts and the leadership team. And obviously, I think that's the beauty of customer success is I was thrown into a few customer situations early on where I was kind of forced to collaborate with these cross-functional folks. And if you're able to showcase those skills early and often, I think it really gives you a leg up and helps you establish that brand really quickly. So make a concerted effort to go outside of just the confines of your current team and really build those up and down and across the organization. The second biggest thing, I think, especially in a growth stage company as Gainsight was, there's always room for bottoms-up innovation, as I like to call it, and the ability to bring a process-oriented mindset to everything that you do. So I came in with a mentality as if there was any type of identification of room for optimization of a process, I fully embraced that and I took ownership of doing something about it. So not just saying, hey, I really think we could be doing X, Y, or Z better, but saying, hey, I noticed that X process isn't working great, or maybe it doesn't exist at, at all. So I took the ownership and initiative to go create ABC thing. Here's what it looks like. And then not only you know is it going to bring efficiency to your day-to-day or your team's day-to-day, but there's going to be more widespread benefit for the broader organization. And those things really get noticed. So those are the two big ones. And then the third one, which I always feel like it's a little like cliche or it seems trivial, but I think it goes a long, long ways. It's just, I always say there's two big things, attitude and activity. So bringing a positive attitude to everything that you do, and then obviously working really hard along the way, but especially in a leadership, when you're evaluating people for leadership, I'm always looking for this notion of what I call adaptability quotient. Who are those folks internally that really are able to maintain that even keel mindset, especially in the world of customer success, you're riding the roller coasters of highs and lows, and you've got to be able to ground yourself so that you can then ground your team behind the why and constantly keep them focused on the next best thing that they can control in their day-to-day activities. So those are the big ones for me. Outside of that, I've been incredibly fortunate and blessed to have a phenomenal leadership team, honestly, that I've grown underneath of their wings from day one. I've learned a ton from all the people at Gainsight. Obviously, Nick Mehta, our CEO, is fabulous. Our prior CCO, Ashvin, has been a true mentor to me over the past four plus years. And I don't think I would have been as well poised for every next step in the journey if it wasn't for the growth that I had developed from working underneath of their guidance and leadership. Well, as much as they are amazing, all credits go to you, Kelly. They obviously just saw a huge potential in you. It's funny because it always seems that 
at Gainsight, you all are always having so much fun and the energy is amazing. At least that's how it always looks like in your events. But there are always smiles. And even now, it's just funny. Every time I see you talking, there are always smiles on your face. So I can really feel that positive energy. So I wonder, how is it working with Nick Meta? Nick is one of the most positive, energetic spirits I've ever worked for. I think it's part of probably what brings me happiness in my day-to-day, but even more so, I think we've all probably worked at or heard of organizations where like the values and the mission statements sometimes feel like they're just lost words that you're really not embracing and embodying day in and day out. At Gainsight, I can truly say in my heart of hearts that like we live and breathe and bleed our values in every single thing we do. And that starts at the very top with Nick. You kind of alluded to it, but childlike joy is one of our values. And we're really intentional with it. I mean, if, if for those of you who may have joined our conference two weeks ago, it's not just your traditional conference. There's funny parodies happening throughout it. We make an intentional effort, even in our customer meetings, to bring that human first mentality to every conversation. We actually believe there's a strong connection and tie between teammate success and customer success and really showing up in that way and making sure that we're connecting as humans and people first is really important. Even when we do like big interviews and we look for new roles for folks internally, it's one of the core areas that we measure candidates and internal stakeholders against is how do they show up and measure up against our values. So it is really important to us. And Nick is definitely a joy to work for indeed. Definitely looks like it always. Obviously, we have to have like legitimate business strategy conversations and feedback and all the things, but I think it's always approach in the right way, which I certainly value and appreciate. It was one of the reasons I was drawn to Gainsight, quite honestly, from day one. Well, there's nothing wrong with having strategy business meeting while having fun. It's the perfect blend in my mind. (laughs) Kelly, you shared some of your career lessons. I want you to go even deeper to understand some tactical ways to approach career progression. You started as an enterprise CSM, moved to a manager, senior manager, director, VP, and now CCO. And my question is, how do you know when is the right time to progress? Should you wait the some annual performance review to have the conversation of progression or Would you take the initiative of your own progression and make your own opportunities? How did it go for you? Yeah, such a good question. And I think it's one that we don't often talk about enough. And I think the natural tendency for some folks is to just wait for those more formal checkpoints and performance reviews. I think it's a few things. I mean, in my core, I've always been a very ambitious person and I love to be challenged emotionally, professionally, strategically. So I don't want to say I get bored easily, but I know when I'm sort of hitting that point where I feel like I've mastered, you're never going to fully master anything, right? But where you're coming up on sort of that tipping point of, I feel like I've got my arms around this role. I've made my splash. I've had impact in ABC area, and I think I'm ready for my next challenge. But it all starts with I think having early career conversations out of the gates with your leadership team of the not just the next six to 12 months and what are those more tactical short-term things that you want to do in your current role, but what's really the path that you're working towards and where do you see the areas of opportunity for improvement? Maybe it's skill set or it's exposure to just 
certain activities so that you are positioning yourself to be that next natural choice when those positions open themselves up. This was wonderful feedback I got from a manager early in my career. She was a woman leader, still a mentor to me today. And she always preached every day, you're sort of interviewing for your next role. And one of her biggest recommendations was like, don't wait to start to learn and get your feet wet in terms of some of the responsibilities and activities that you would need to do in your next role, like start getting exposure to those things intentionally. So that when that shows up, folks will look and be like, well, Kelly's already been doing this, that, and the other. She's mentored X amount of people. She's led team meetings. So we created those game plans together. And that's what in earlier in my career led me to applying for leadership development programs, making myself a part of that pool. But at Gainsight, like from day one, once I knew that we were really growing and accelerating the CSM organization, I said, listen, I want to lead these teams. It's what I love. It's what I enjoy. I also geek out on all things customer success from a strategy perspective. So being able to tie those things together really made a difference. And just consistent conversations with my leaders and constantly asking for feedback. Don't be afraid to ask for feedback. I think it actually shows a ton of maturity. I remember like the one of the first times I had like a big meeting, executive meeting with Nick. And I was like, hey, I sent him a note afterwards. I was like, hey, what feedback do you have? Anything that I could do better the next time? And leaders love that, especially senior leaders. Like it just shows a sense of self-awareness and maturity. And every leader should constantly be trying to groom their skill set and get better. So no, I didn't wait for like performance reviews, but in those performance reviews, I made a very clear point to showcase the things that I had been doing and where I want to go so that that was a constant conversation that was ever evolving. Oh, feedback, feedback, keep them coming. Keep asking for feedback and keep asking for the conversation about your performance. So ask for the opportunity to see how you're doing. That is really a great advice, Kelly. I think we all could and should ask for feedback much more often. There's nothing wrong about asking, right? Every people manager should be happy when they are asked to provide feedback. That should be a habit for everyone, just to ask for more feedback. Absolutely. And sometimes, especially in a growing organization, there could be new roles that show up six to 12 months from now that don't even exist today. So really having those, we call them alliance conversations at Gainsight of understanding personally and professionally, what's important for you, where you're at today, what do you want to do and making sure that that's a constant thread in terms of that relationship with your leaders is really, really critical. And I've had some teammates who honestly, like roles have been created, not specifically for them, but because we knew that certain folks were interested in certain things and it matched their skill sets, as we're thinking and going through our strategic planning cycle, we're able to take that into consideration. I think a lot of folks have landed in some really exciting opportunities as a result of those career conversations. Kelly, you're so positive. It sounds almost like everything has always been just great for you. Always roses everywhere. I wonder, did you have some career challenges along the way? Yeah, so I think a few things. I've been very fortunate in terms of my career. Obviously, as a working mom, I think in the early days, juggling both of those worlds was definitely a learning experience for me. I think especially when you're a bit type A and you're wired to want to give 150% of something all the time, there was that constant, I kind of call it like a, it's like a seesaw where you feel like 
one day you're not giving enough to work, the other day you're not giving enough to your husband and your kids, especially for women in leadership. My biggest advice there is like, you've just got to kind of come to peace in terms that you're going to have to flex both ways and it's okay. Like don't be too hard on yourself and strive for perfection. You're probably doing a better job than you think. Kids are very versatile and resilient and Honestly, it's been fun to see them really, I think, look up and appreciate having a working mom and the career path. And I explained to them like my role. And it's so cute just to hear their questions. Like when I was vice president, like, you're the president of the United States. No, I'm not the president (laughs) of the United States. But just like really, I think, instilling some of that work ethic and just determination and spirit in them. Just thinking about it through that lens will keep you going and just finding a good outlet and like team of women that can be a sounding board and a support system for you, I think goes a long ways as well. So that's more on just like the personal side as I think, especially women in leadership, it can be a demanding role and making sure that you're giving enough of yourself in both of those two areas is a big one. And then separately throughout a few points in my career, I've had to go from peer to manager or boss with a few different leaders, make some tough leadership decisions, which is hard, right? And I've learned how to really approach those conversations and really lead with the why and ground myself back into the objective facts of the situation. I've really, I think, grown through some of those moments as a leader and how those types of things play out in the real world. So those would be the two biggest ones, I think. I don't know why I didn't know that you are a mom, that you have kids. Now, oh gosh, now you're even a bigger inspiration and a role model for me. So how has it been juggling parenting and high profile job for you in the last year? That was very interesting and challenging at first. I will say, so I have two daughters. My youngest is about to turn seven in July. So she just finished first grade. And then my oldest is eight, soon to be nine. So she just finished third grade. So I didn't have like toddlers and babies at home, which my heart and soul went out to some of my working peers and friends and colleagues that I would say were truly in the thick of it with like babies and toddlers at home. I was fortunate that mine at least had kind of crossed the chasm into a somewhat more independent stage. I think COVID definitely served as a bit of a catalyst to make them even that much more independent, but we figured it out. My husband's in sales. We're both in like high demand customer facing roles on meetings all day long. So we had to find a balance. We were fortunate. We're in Austin, Texas. So we did have the option to send our kids back to school probably sooner than other parts of the country. It was a very hard decision whether I wanted to keep them remote or whether I wanted to send them in person. But ultimately, We thought about their personalities, what was in their best interest from like an academic growth perspective, and then just realistically what was probably going to work given our working situation. So we were probably some of the more fortunate folks to have that option. And so ours were in school probably more the duration of the year than maybe others had the benefit of. But I still had to like leave and pick them up at 2.30 because we didn't have after school coverage like we used to. So I'm very fortunate that Gainsight was just so accommodating towards this time. And I think outside of Gainsight, just looking across so many organizations, it was so wonderful to see how companies showed up and how they put their teammates and like their teammates' families first. And I think we have some good things that came out of 2020 and the challenging year that it was. 
Oh, absolutely. Past year and a half have been really, really challenging. But also, it was the year of opportunities. Look how customer success industry literally exploded just in the past year. It is really the hottest industry at the moment. So, well, talking about the hottest industry, I wonder what do you see as the hottest trends in customer success currently? Let's start at the macro level. So at the macro level, one of the biggest foundational shifts that we're seeing in organizations is this shift from gross retention rate to net retention rate really being the North Star metric for organizations. That spans outside of just the CSM organization. But what it tells me is that more companies are truly embracing this company-wide mindset around customer centricity and putting their customers at the center of everything that they do. And then as we think about what are the trends or like the key strategies that folks are employing to really support their net retention rate goals, it's two big things. There's many more than that, but I will tell you probably in 90% of the executive conversations I have with other CS professionals, which is a large part of my day-to-day responsibilities, the two hottest trends that come up is this notion of what we call end-to-end value realization. So coming up with a common language or framework that defines what are the priorities or goals that our customers are trying to achieve. And then basically ensuring that there's no daylight between what sales is selling, making sure that they're using that same framework. We have a common set of metrics to define the KPIs, both from a lagging and leading indicator perspective, and then tracking and delivering best practice workflows that are aligned to support those across the customer journey. So there's a lot of organizations really trying to figure out how to do this, not just within the realm of the CSM team, but how does it become a company-wide framework and process that they embrace and roll out across the organization. So that's number one. And then number two, which is probably like the thing I'm geeking out on the most in customer success these days. And I honestly think it's the future of where customer success is headed is this notion of, I call it digital-led customer success or really just the like scalability. How do we take customer success and carry it across our entire customer base, leading with more automation and omni-channel type workflows? So I think a lot of companies have figured out what and how they apply their CSMs across their customers and what are some of those high value activities. But where the magic is now, what folks are really trying to figure out is how do we make that scalable? How do we lean into some of the technology that's at our fingertips today to not only do things in email, but in product adoption, driving customers to value in more of a self-serve way and leaning into automation at a higher degree. So those are sort of the two hottest topics. There's many more. I'll give a quick shameless plug, but if you check out our Pulse Everywhere recap website from two weeks ago, some of the best customer stories and hottest tracks and trends are all showcased there. Everyone has free access, but there's many more outside of those two. But if I had to summarize it to two, those would be the two that I think are most front and center. Oh, I love your trends, especially around the digital customer success and creating amazing online experiences for our customers. I think if there's something we all learned in the past year is that, well, really, no matter what happens, there should be an opportunity for customers to receive an amazing experience in every format, every time when they engage with us. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this whole notion of scale customer success will develop even more. 
And Kelly, to wrap up, I have few questions for you. Firstly, whom do you admire in business? Oh my goodness, there's so many people. I could spiel off probably some of the popular folks that people follow, but I'm going to take a different approach to my answer because I actually think it's a powerful leave behind for folks that are leaving. Like, obviously, I read a ton of business books, I follow a lot of different women leaders, but I think even more so. Every organization I've been, and probably even through every phase of my career, even within an organization, finding a mentor that you can really constantly trade notes with or an executive coach, those have actually probably been the most powerful influencers and peers and coaches for me. So I alluded to one of my early managers in my career, like I've gone back to her time and time again for advice as a sounding board. You learn so much from those folks and they really understand what makes you tick. What are you good at? So outside of just the more high in the sky people that we all may follow, I highly encourage you to constantly have a mentor. It doesn't have to be within your company. It could be externally, but finding other women for me personally, that's where I've always gravitated towards. So even in the customer success community today, there's certain women that I constantly trade notes with. We share ideas, not only from a professional perspective, but from a personal perspective. And those are kind of my people. And I think we've learned so much. It's so applicable and I think relevant in your day-to-day. So finding that common ground with other people is, is really, really powerful. Oh, having a sounding board to support you and provide another perspective. That's a great advice. And Kelly, is there a question you wish other people asked you more often? Honestly, I think we touched on it a little bit. I always encourage people just to ask for feedback more often. Don't wait for your leaders to share it with you. I mean, every good leader shares feedback in a real-time, effective manner. But when it becomes a two-way dialogue, I think that that's really what launches your career forward and accelerates the time frame to get to the next level. So questions just like you asked me of like, what are the two or three things that you really think were the difference makers? What can I be doing differently? That's always my, my biggest sort of advice to the team and bringing a solutions-oriented mindset to everything you do. Like if you have a conversation with your manager, just don't point out what the problem statement is, but bring a few ideas of potential ways to work through it and make it more of a brainstorming sort of brain trust type conversation where you're always leading with that problem-solving mindset and skill set, which I think will certainly not go unnoticed. Oh, that's an amazing advice, Kelly. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today and coming to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Next week, new episode. Subscribe to the podcast and connect with me on LinkedIn so you're up to date with all the new episodes and the content I'm curating for you. Have a great day and talk to you soon.